0: This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. A wise person once said, be careful about the decisions you make. Because those decisions will turn around and make you. That's a good
1: one. I think a fly fisher was the one who said that. I think so. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's right. But there's so many decisions to make when you go fly fishing. And those decisions will make your day terrific or make it a dud or something in between. And I don't think that when I learned to fly fish, anybody told me this. Did, no. do you remember everybody saying about this idea that you have to make you're making decisions on the yeah, fly no. all day long
0: no huh and all I, I know is I've had some terrific days and I've had some real duds <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> some in between. But no no I I don't think anybody framed it in terms of decisions so that's what we're going to talk about today we're talking about decision making on the river uh, Dave is right a day on the river is full of decisions which are going to make or break your day so, Dave, what is one of the first decisions you make when you get to the river? It all
1: starts with, in a sense, what I'm wearing. Uh, am I going to wear waders or not? And obviously, if it's October, you're probably not wet wading. I don't think we should overthink this, but in late, from late spring to summertime to early fall, I'd rather wet wade than wear waders. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of... Of uh, of wearing waiters, to be honest, I mean waiters yeah. are not a uniform for me.
0: You're not the Sims model. Though, I huh? am not <laughs> the Sims
1: model. Remember <laughs> the father and son, a couple years ago, they were at this fly shop. I think it was in oh, the driftless. Oh
0: man, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So it was like
1: eleven o'clock. Yeah. Uh-huh. On about an eighty or eighty-five degree right. day, yeah. degree day, and they were. In full regalia. Oh, man. They had the full gear on, had full they had chest boot, waders. And their boots on, and too. And their boots on, right? And you
0: know what? What I remember is they look perfect. They look like models. because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never Sorry that the, the mannequins were over there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what was great is that they're fishing in the driftless. I mean, I don't oh, think that man. the streams they're fishing have runs that are deeper than three feet.
0: No. Remember the other time we saw a really big guy wearing waders out on the out on one of those little creeks in the in the Wisconsin driftless and I mean he was sweating. It was a It was a ninety degree day. day. He had yeah. the waders on. I'm thinking, yeah. Lord,
1: you do not no. need to
0: wear those things. Oh man. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, because seriously the the deepest wading we did that day was well, it wasn't even knee deep. You had to go looking for runs yeah. <laughs> that were knee deep. Yeah. You oh, could cross man. that
1: stream almost at any place oh. and be only up to your
0: calves. I know. It was a tiny creek. I know. And, and it does seem it seems obvious, but sometimes in the summer, I, I remember the time on the Wyoming Bighorn when I, I decided to wet wade. I mean, it was a nice sunny day. It was around 80. And and boy, by the end of the day, remember we floated that river and it really cooled down oh my significantly. Gosh. Yeah. And I was never worried about hypothermia, but boy, at the end of that day, I was I was chilled.
1: Yeah, I I could not wait until we could take out. I I, was I know so we had a great
0: cool. day. We caught a lot of fish. Yeah. It was super. But boy, was, remember we had to
1: stop for a while because of the lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, that's that right. Was, uh, that yeah. actually was a kind of one of those days in the West, and you get these a lot, where you say you're going to wet wade. And you mm-hmm. probably should have your waiters. I yeah. guess it's not yep. a given but I I have to tell you though on this topic, I, I'd always prefer to wet wade than wear waiters. yeah I just mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. I just I just don't mind the cold right And I just hate trudging Mark maybe it's because we hike a lot.
0: Yeah that's that's it trudging and waiters. you know that's the other side of it too is you ask yourself, okay, it's October. I'm gonna fish this river. Do I need waders or can I commit to uh, staying along the bank? And we that's what we often do. You know, we in the, the Yellowstone below Tower Fall. I mean that that's that involves what, four miles in usually? Yep. Yeah. Four yeah. miles back out. I don't wanna be wearing my waders and my yeah. wading boots. So, you know, we've opted to wear, wear good hiking Good boots. hiking boots yeah. and, and a pair that are waterproof because sometimes you have to walk. There's that one little that one little stream that you have to walk through that's I mean it's it's not higher than your wading boots if you do it right right, or than your hiking boots if you do it right but yeah that that's a it's it seems like a no-brainer but that's really something you have to think through you know what what's going to be the best
1: it's probably not the first decision there may be other first decisions like you know should I get coffee this morning or not but as it as it relates to that day and that day on the river. I think whether or not you weigh your waders, it's kind of one of those things that's maybe it's not right at the surface, but it's a decision.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, another one is should I take a wading staff or my wading staff?
0: And the answer to that I think is easy. It's absolutely yes, always. I mean, even if you're in shallow water, I, I, when I first bought a wading staff, I did that because, you know, we weighed some places that maybe, you know, thigh deep uh, I don't know that we wade much that's uh, that's waist deep, but, uh, but I thought, well, okay, that, that's why I'm buying my wading staff. And then I remember one of our friends was using it at a small creek, and I thought, well, okay, I'll strap mine on, and I'm, I'm so glad I did. In fact, this fall, when we were fishing in Montana, one of those uh, great little small creeks, I, I was sick. And... <laughs> Uh, and it wasn't deathly ill or anything. but I, You were uh, sick, though. Yeah, I have to
1: tell you. Feel... I didn't know if you were going to make it. <laughs> you guys went up ahead of me. The, there was three of us on the yeah. stream, and I actually said, eh, I, I'm not going up anymore because it was so hard. To, it was
0: rugged. That yeah. was a
1: rugged It was. Ter- that was rugged terrain. Yeah,
0: and it was shallow. It wasn't that it was deep. No, it's no, just no, no. that the terrain was rugged, and I'm so glad I had my waiting staff. I don't think I would have... Uh, Done well without it, and you know stability is is an issue uh, anywhere. It doesn't matter. And I'm trying to think in in the driftless in Wisconsin. Once in a while, you know, and in Minnesota, I've strapped it on. You know, there there are times where, good night. If we're just going to be in a far in a pasture, um, it's like well, it's just pr- it's pretty easy walking and, and right up to the the stream. But some of those places that we fish. Even along Canfield Creek, I'd take that waiting staff yeah. just for the stability. You were the one who put me onto
1: a waiting staff. I, I mean, I'm not sure I ever even thought about it. I've never, up to that point, even grabbed a thick stick. To yeah. I just never th- have thought about it. But, yeah, so I think you 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 purchased one, and about a year or two later, I did. Yeah, but then I found myself not taking it with. But yeah, in recent times, I have. I have to say, I've taken it more. I'm so glad that we did it
0: on that stream yeah. last last fall. We're getting older, bud. Yeah, <laughs> is that the reason? Yeah, that's right. These uh, <laughs> mid-later fifties guys now with their waiting staffs. Yeah, bunch of losers. <laughs> I know. Well, here's another decision we have to make. How should I rig up first? In other words, what what fly am I using? What what am I what am I going to put on? Well, for
1: me, most time when I hit the river, most times when I hit the river, I I have an idea what I'm going to start out with. And I'm thinking about that from the moment I get up in the morning. Sometimes the night before I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. I really am going to start out with streamers because of this, this, or this. It's the Mm -hmm. fall. It's the type of stream, maybe. And this comes from intel that you get from a fly shop. Maybe you fished the Mm -hmm. stream before. So it comes from your previous experience and, and your knowledge, basically, of what's hatching or what's not hatching. So I, yeah. I think about this a lot. The question is, what are you putting on first?
0: Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. You you probably know before you get to the river just based on all those things. Uh, you know, earlier this fall in the Yellowstone, uh, we kind of went into it thinking, well, we're either going to fish hoppers or woolly buggers. And I, I opted for uh, – actually, I opted for woolly buggers until I thought, we'll see if the day gets warmer, and, and I see hoppers hopping around on the grass, which I did. I think I put on a hopper pattern. I don't think I did that well with it, so I switched back to, to woolly buggers. But uh, I, I think you're right. You have a sense from your from your uh, intel, however you get it, this is probably going to be plan A, and then I'll switch it if I need to.
1: I do switch Back and forth a lot and maybe too much. And I you, remember you do
0: more than I do, and it's probably not too. If you do too much, though, so I probably do it too little. I get stubborn. Yeah.
1: I don't know. It. It's like last summer or last summer. It was not last summer. It was last fall fishing the Yellowstone. I started out probably. I think. I think I started out Euro nymphing. Yeah, you
0: did. You did. Mm-hmm. And then
1: uh, I caught one or two, but it was so windy and the way the angle. I had to cast over my right shoulder and. It's hard enough if you're with a regular oh, yeah. nymph rig. Yep. But with that Euro nymph thing, and it was against the wind, I just thought, forget mm-hmm. it. So I started, uh, I think I put a hopper on with a dropper. Okay. I yeah. caught fish on almost everything I did. I yeah. just didn't catch a lot of fish mm-hmm. on any one of yeah. them. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, you know, the, that is what should I start out with. I think you end up, it, it's a decision you have to make, and then you start. Yeah, you start switching after that. So absolutely, and that's the next thing, which is sh- when should I switch to something else?
0: Yeah, this is when what you're throwing isn't working, and uh yeah, and often uh, we find it's not working. What we're doing is not working.
1: <laughs> well, I was thinking about sixteen mile. We've talked about this a million times, and it started out. It was about four or five years ago when right. we fished that, and started out and we thought it was going to be hoppers so we threw on hoppers and for the first hour mm-hmm. nothing hit it the only thing that was rising was there were some fish rising to trichos yeah and i remember thinking to myself i am not throwing out a trico that is way too small a fly i'm just mm-hmm. not doing it yeah and it took it was till somewhere between 10 and 11 o'clock things heated up so you started out with hoppers i switched yeah. to something else we switched back to hoppers and it's and for the rest of the day it was one of those days to remember so yeah yeah it really was and i think
0: how how
1: you know, how do you decide when it's not working you yeah you think that
0: through i know and you have to decide well is it is it the size is it uh is it the pattern uh it could be the way that i'm fishing this you know maybe the problem's not my fly maybe it's the maybe it's the retrieve that i need to adjust maybe it's where i'm, I'm fishing I think the more that you fly fish, the more you get a feel for those uh, kinds of things. But I guess the bottom line is, man, if you're not catching fish, you've got to make some kind of an adjustment, whether that's switching to another fly or not.
1: I think if you're doing traditional nymph fishing, that may be going deeper. Yeah, right. right. And add some uh, more weight. It's more yeah. weight, or mm-hmm. adjusting your strike yep. indicator mm-hmm. for depth. You know, yeah. and maybe you're not deep enough. You need to actually put the the strike indicator yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, or if you're fishing streamers, you might mm. want to, like you said, vary the retrieve. I mean, there's just a lot of. Yeah,
0: it's really true. There's
1: just a lot of things to change and and decision making as you as you begin to move from that first rig, that first setup, mm-hmm. to what's next.
0: Yep. So we're talking about decision-making on the river, but before we continue, here's a brief word about our sponsor, Dr. Squatch Soap Company. Uh, Dave, I'm curious, have you taken the soap quiz? Uh... The what? The soap quiz? Oh, yeah. It's, it's on the Dr. Squatch Soap Company website. I, I just noticed it the other day, and it helps you find the best soap for your personality and skin <laughs> type. Hey, hey, I took that baby, like six questions, and I'm happy to say that the results of the quiz affirmed what I already know that pine tar is my favorite. I think that quiz is bias, right? It takes what you already <laughs> yeah. like
1: and gives you the answer.
0: Yeah, I, I probably answered the questions <laughs> thinking, well, if I say this, it'll come out saying pine tar. <laughs>
1: It's a little bit like all those personality tests, you know? I know, (laughs) I know. I need to take that too. So here are two guys in a river. We are sold on Dr. Squatch products. Yeah, we really are. We wouldn't recommend anything that we ourselves did not use and weren't enthusiastic about. There's soap, shampoo, conditioner, shaving products, colognes, and even beard oil. Now, I do not need beard oil, but Steve, uh, that goatee is looking a little dry this morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I resemble that (laughs) remark. It's just because of all the gray or the white in it. I think that's the problem. So, hey, go to Dr. Squatch Soap Company to place an order. And you'll get 20% off
1: on your first order if you use the promo code 2GUYS,
0: 2-G-U-Y-S. We smell great, and we think you will too. That's right. Well, now back to our discussion about decision-making on uh, the river. You got to decide about which uh, bar of soap you're going to use when you're at home, but when you're on the river, <laughs> okay, a lot of decisions. A lot of
1: decisions. So the next one is when should I add a dropper?
0: Well, I think the question is why haven't you added a dropper already? Well, at least that's the case with nymphing. I mean, you. I think when you're nymphing, you always want two different sizes, if not two different patterns. Uh, some fly fishers use three, but. I've, I've never had the patience to do that, and I think you have to check regulations, too, to make sure that's all right. But
1: Yeah, in the, in the western states where we fish, it's okay, but I think yeah. maybe, like, there are some states in which yeah. I don't know that you can have two. The
0: reason I don't pay attention to it is because even if I could do three, I mean, even if I could drop two flies so I have three total, I just wouldn't do that. It seems like too much of a hassle, but, yeah. man, having two is, uh, is really, I think it's really important
1: now dry fly fishing might be a time when you wait oh yeah you're right you're right Mm -hmm. if you're a fly fishing purist and you fish only dry flies the last thing you're going to do is add a dropper because that and i'm not judging that right but you know purists are it's all about the dry fly you know Mm -hmm. it's all about the single uh the single fly and the pure act Mm -hmm. of, of delivering that and catching fish on on dry flies if you're okay with with a dropper i would drop in a merger like an olive serendipity or a yeah. wd-40
0: you've done well with that olive serendipity oh, haven't man, you? man i yeah. just
1: use that all the time and i am so amazed how many fish i catch off yeah of those. either yep. either the serendipity or the wd-40 mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter whether i'm in the driftless or i'm out west yeah yep. yeah so i i love a dropper and to me, it's not even a decision that I, I make. It's something I do automatically when sure. I'm switching to mm-hmm. either dries or... But nitpices. that leads to
0: some other decisions, doesn't it, when, I when do. you add a dropper?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you add a dropper, there's also other little ones, little decisions, how far you should drop it from the main fly, 6 inches, 12 inches, or it's mm-hmm. longer than that. What yeah. size should it be? I always think about that it should be one or two sizes smaller than your top fly, but
0: there might be some other yeah. reasons for
1: that, and if... If you have those, please post a comment on this yeah. uh, podcast link.
0: Okay, All right, so you've decided uh, you know, whether or not you're going to wear waders. You've decided what pattern you're going to use. You've decided, uh, hopefully, to use a, a dropper or, or all those little details. So now you're ready to go. You, you make your cast. Uh, the fly drifts down. Dave, here's the next question. What should I do when my fly gets to the end of the drift? Uh, assuming I haven't uh, tied into the to the big monster in the, in the run.
1: <laughs> if you're dry fly fishing, not much. Just pick it up and, yeah. well, make another cast. If you're nymph fishing, you might let it swing at the end of the drift. In fact, I would recommend that you yeah. let it swing. That's often where you, the trout actually slams your fly. Yeah. Also, at the end of the swing, you might want to slowly lift your rod. Your fly begins then to move upward through the water column yeah. and...
0: That looks like a rising. Yeah, nip, it looks like a. It? Yeah, yeah, it looks like
1: a rising nymph. So, the point there is is that not only do you let it swing, but you also lift up your rod tip. Yeah. Okay. These are all little things. Some of them are just habits.
0: Right. And I think mm-hmm. they're
1: decisions until they become habits. Yeah. Right. That's but, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's important as you're doing all those things to have them become habits. I think you catch yeah. more fish.
0: And of course, if you're stripping streamers, this is the name of the game, isn't it? I remember a day on Clear Creek in Alaska. It empties into the Talkeetna River, and uh, my wife and I were there visiting uh, her sister and and uh, her husband and uh, my brother-in-law and I and a couple of his sons-in-law were out on the Talkeetna and and uh, stopped and were fishing the mouth of that. So I hiked, uh, I walked up Clear Creek maybe a quarter of a mile, and Came to this great run, and uh, I put on this great big old streamer. I think it was a Dalai Lama, and man, I, I would I would drift that thing, and right at the end of the drift, uh, you know, I, I would let that fly swing, preparing to strip it back, but more often than not, I, I mean, maybe one or two strips, and boom, I'd get a hit. I mean, they were, they were taking it off wow. that swing. Wow. So, yeah, that's... That's that's an important question. What do I do when I get to the end of the the drift? A lot of times, people just assume, well, you know, okay, I'm I'm done. Next cast. But uh, you're right. Other than dry fly fishing, you know, if if you're you're underneath the surface, whether it's nymphing or streamers, uh, that's when some action is going to happen. All right. So let's talk a little bit about weather related decisions, Uh, Dave. What do I do when it rains?
1: If there's lightning. Get off the water. Find a depression in which yeah. to lie down, or get inside your vehicle. Turn on Netflix and okay. sell
0: coverage. Hold your rod high the- yep, that's right. Hold yeah. it as high as you can
1: and stand yeah. on the highest point. No, I shouldn't even joke about no, that. Yeah, I know. don't don't do that. Your graphite I know, I rod know, know. is a is a. There's lightning people rod. who die going up. Uh, Uh, That climbing up Mount—is it what's that mountain in uh, that you you've climbed up in Colorado? Oh, Longs Peak. Yeah. Yeah. There's people who die all the time from lightning. Yeah. All the time. And even on
0: Trail Ridge Drive, you know, get out of your car to take a photo, and and people get struck by lightning. I mean, it's not like it happens every day, but every season there's one or two. Yeah. There's one of those. Yeah. uh, stories which yeah. is which is horrible so yeah so, right. yeah you, we,
1: we shouldn't joke about that no, right but
0: gotta be careful yeah, i i
1: and i think the tendency for me is to keep fishing right yeah or you know mm-hmm. it's far enough away yep. the lightning's it eh, looks a couple miles right. away uh i i tend to be overconfident in the weather yeah and and maybe that's because i grew up in the cold in north dakota mm-hmm. i don't the cold and the snow you just don't fear it when it's a part of your day-to-day life
0: that's true but
1: I, but you need to fear it.
0: You do. You do. And... I, I fear bears, but I don't fear lightning like I should, and that's quite uh, yeah. scary. Now, if it's not lightning, then, hey, rejoice. Put on your rain jacket and fish away. That's because, right. Because, you know, don't go, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to get wet. Man, that's this is prime fly fishing time. I'll never forget a day on the Boulder River in Montana when the water just started to boil with fish as soon as it started raining, and it it triggered a hatch and the fish went wild and unfortunately the rain stopped after about 10 minutes and and that was it but uh it, it's just amazing what rain will do and what it's is a,
1: that why is that do you know
0: you know i think it does trigger um, yeah, i mean it's you, a hatch i yeah, guess you right. I, I don't know Maybe all the science of it no i don't know all the science of it i need to read up on that but i know it it does trigger you know the hatches just that that water and and same thing too when the snow is falling. Boy, yeah. that can be a that can be a prime time.
1: I've had really great days when the snow is falling, and um, it to me it's much easier to fish than when it's raining. But uh, I do enjoy that. It's colder, but it's uh, it, to me it's easier to fish because you can see your fly a little yeah. bit. Well, mm-hmm. depends on depends yeah. on how black the water is. But okay, so this this decision here, I'm not even sure I should bring it up. how quickly should I move from
0: one run to another? Well, for you, hopefully not as fast as I'm moving from one run to another because then I can beat you. (laughs) I know, I know. I have this reputation for uh, hurrying from one uh, to the other. Now, I I should say hurrying. It's not that I move quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that you make one or two
1: casts and you're on to the next. Yeah, I know. Especially in those smaller creeks where you you don't have a lot of – you shouldn't, and you shouldn't spend a lot of time.
0: No, no. I, I, that, I, we've
1: always talked about this, but I think fly fishers spend way too much time on one run. Oh, and I, I think agree. think they need to cover. We all need to cover way more uh, river. And yes, obviously, if you're fishing a big steelhead run, yeah. you know, in the west, in the northwest, yeah. or something that's different sure. or in the northeast. But
0: well, do you want to know what my secret, is Dave? Now, so this is what I've decided my The speed with which I move from one run to another uh, depends on uh, you know how long it takes you to switch flies and to tie a new tippet. <laughs> oh Now now that's the problem. now that now that you use the infinity knot, I really have to move faster. <laughs> uh,
1: that's the problem. I'm always switching, which takes me. I'm sitting down, it takes me thirty minutes to change my rig. I mean, yeah. not that long, but sometimes it feels like it. You know, when yeah, you're changing your rig. It. Oh my gosh.
0: I know. But you're you're right. It depends on the size of the run and on fish behavior. You know, in some smaller runs, you only have one or two shots. Yeah. That, and that's it. Then you need it. to really move. Yeah.
1: On. But well, we, I think about the creek we fished this fall.
0: we're yeah. fishing with mm-hmm. Dave Cumley. Oh yeah. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: literally, we are moving really fast up there. Yeah. Of course there's three of us. Right. But I mean, it's one or two casts, maybe three casts, right. four casts, and we're on to the next run. And that's
0: pretty much it. Yeah. You know, we we have seen some runs, though, even in smaller creeks where fish just keep feeding and feeding and feeding and feeding. You remember that run on Canfield Creek? Yeah. I mean, we catch one, we wait for 30 seconds, and they start feeding again. And and that was, I think it was mainly, you know, we were fishing dry flies because they were rising. And I, I think we stayed there for a couple of hours yeah. in that one. It,
1: it was and it and it's not that deep of a run it just there's a bend and there's a lot of uh you could tell the water's moving differently underneath yeah. the surface mm-hmm. there yep.
0: and i think those trout just felt comfortable they felt safe and
1: yeah it, and there's just, just a lot must be a lot of food that comes by oh. there because they keep rising you know fishing pressure has something to do with it too yeah you know, there's mm-hmm. protocol about how fast you move through a steelhead run, or how long you stay in a run. Right. When mm-hmm. there's pressure, and I'm always someone that I'd rather err on the side of generosity. Yeah. Fish it, move on, and and not make people mad at me. Now I don't right. feel pressure, like I don't feel anxiety, like I have to move quickly because mm-hmm. if I don't, he or she is upset with me. But right. I do just out of sheer generosity and wanting to make sure everybody catches fish it's not like i have to catch more fish right so yeah. i do think there is some protocol and i don't really know what it's like i've not fished a lot of steelhead runs like in the northeast or the northwest united states where you know there's big you know there's just these stretches of river and the and the and the fly fishers stack up there
0: yeah and you just you kind of walk through it and i think you sort of figure out okay here here's the pace that's acceptable and then you get out and you get back in line. Yeah, you know, that, I, I haven't
1: fished a lot of that. To me, that's not as interesting to me. No, but...
0: no, it's it's not. And and that's the way the Barnes pools are, uh, just inside uh, Yellowstone National Park, just inside West. And I've I I went in there one day and just dinked around a little bit, and w- which is code for I didn't catch anything. Yeah, but, exactly. But uh, yeah, I I just have no interest in. In, in doing that, I'd, I'd rather walk further where, where somebody else is not. So. so
1: here's actually a really, really good question that I don't think we often think about, but it's an important question. When should I call it a day?
0: Mm. Well, how about a half hour after you've told your wife you'd be off the water? <laughs> now, that's not what you should do, but that's what I've done before. <laughs> oh, so this
1: is a total aside, but when I got married... Uh, I told my mom and dad, we went back from Chicago to uh, North Dakota once for Christmas. Uh And after that Christmas, which you almost die in a snowstorm going from Fargo to Bismarck, I said, Mom and Dad, I love you, but here's a heads up. We will never, ever be here for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Never. Never. So let's not have any more conversations moving forward. Just know that we will never be here and we'll come in the summer, we'll do our best to get out here as much as we can, but we're just not going to risk the family and we have, you know, with four kids, it's not like you're going to be buying plane tickets from Chicago to Bismarck. I mean, everything's, you know, every ticket's 600 bucks. So, but there is there there setting expectations yeah. is important and I think yeah. <laughs> with your wife or your spouse or your yeah. significant other uh when you're going to be off the river mm-hmm. is not so I I'd like to say now with Jana it's gonna be late, so don't yeah. don't I don't know when it's gonna be, but oh. it'll be later than you think. I know my, Priscilla
0: got me one of these little uh things you put on your desk. It you probably got it at hobby lobby. It says gone fishing, be back at zero, dark thirty. <laughs> and then and she she refers to fishing time. I'll say, I'm gonna be back at six. Now is that real time or fishing time? Exactly. Like, ah. So it's oh, fishing man. time.
1: We always say finish while the fit the fishing is still good yeah. before you get worn out before it gets too late and the yeah. walk back is just miserable i felt that a little bit this this fall we had gone so far back up uh in the on the yellowstone and by the time we got back yeah we had mm-hmm. actually fished too much yeah i mean mm-hmm. it was a good 8 9 hours and yeah. it included 8 miles of hiking oh, and by the time we fished and i got back to the truck i thought you know I'm, we probably could have called it a day thirty yeah. minutes because we didn't catch that many more fish no. during that time.
0: No, we really didn't. It's yeah, you know, it's it's easy to get greedy, but I have to say the times when I've left after I've, I've I've caught a nice one and I know I could still make another cast or two, but I just leave. I always uh, th- there's there's satisfaction that goes with that, and I'm I'm glad that I do that. Hey, here's another one. How about this? Uh, I think we ought to call it a day when I'm hungry.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: But we really can't do that. We'd be off the river by ten A. M. wouldn't we? <laughs> hey, you're you're the one that's eating your snack at ten A. a.m. I, I usually wait till eleven.
1: <laughs> I, I often have my sandwich about a half hour in on the river. Yeah, I'm like, I know. Oh my gosh, I've just eaten my whole day's lunch. What but, am I gonna do? Yeah, but
0: that's just that's that's what you get to do when you fly fish. It's uh oh, that's well that leads decision. us to our
1: last question, which is the most important question. Where should we eat tonight? And what should I eat tonight? There's two important questions.
0: That's right. Well, my answer to that is wherever and whatever you want because you've earned it. Right. So <laughs> we, we've we
1: burned off 300 calories fly fishing, and now we get to oh. eat 4,000 oh, calories man. to compensate. Well,
0: let's hope we've burned off more than that. <laughs> I know it. Oh. Well, it doesn't have to be fancy. You no. Know. We like a good steakhouse, pizza place, burger joint. uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to be fancy. You know, I've I've had some great meals at the A&W in Nyssa, Oregon, after a day on the Owyhee River. And I'll tell you what, an A&W a burger and mug of root beer Ugh, never tasted man. so good. Yeah, it for was, sure. Yep. It was good. And then we've gone the other way. We, we've eaten at... Uh, uh, we've eaten at... Uh, you know, Sir Scott's Oasis. Or,
1: the Branding you know, Iron in Preston, Minnesota, yeah, which is now yeah, closing. Yeah,
0: that's right. I saw that. Man, I'm going to miss that view. And yeah, the, great view. Wow. So, yeah, and then and that uh, Chico Hot Springs. Kind oh, of now the, that is really oh, good food. It really is. Yeah. You know, the, talk to the chef there. You know, I've never talked to the chef at A&W, but I have <laughs> that, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, I hope this has been helpful. I mean, a day on the river is full of decisions, and you have to keep those in mind because those decisions will make or break your day. Yeah, for sure. All right, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Here's a comment from Dwayne. He's a veteran fly fisher from Oregon. He offered this comment on a post from over a year ago on setting the hook for nymph fishing. I talked about the side-pole method being the one I've been taught, but how surface tension will make it necessary to do a quick lift once your fly has drifted beyond you a ways. And and this is Duane's comment. He said, The Jack Scott method was to side-pole to the bank, since fish taking the fly will turn downstream towards the deeper water and away from the bank. A summer of dry fly fishing ruins my reflexes, though, so fall and winter nymphing needs me to relearn how to side pull to the bank. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, th- there's a big difference between the feel of dry fly fishing and nymphing, both in in setting the hook, a lot of different things. But but even in, in setting the hook, and I've heard guys talk about that too. You know, they'll they'll do some big pull like they would if if they're uh, nymphing and yank the dry fly right out of the the fish's mouth so yeah it's a good one to be uh, paying attention to well that's going to do it for today what decisions stand out to you that you have to make when you arrive at the river you're going to fly fish please tell us by commenting on this podcast link at twoguysintheriver.com how do you approach decision making on the river And thank you for referring
1: our podcast to your TU chapter, Fly Fishing Club, your friends. That's how we grow. We are grateful for that. We'd also love to hear your ideas for upcoming podcast episodes. Reach out to us on Instant Messenger or Instagram or Twitter or just email us at steve dave at twoguysinriver.com. One more thing, if you haven't yet purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is short, catch more fish, please do so on Amazon.
0: And thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.